Hi, everybody. I'm Marilyn, CEO and founder of Cosmic Centaurs, welcoming you here today to our first LinkedIn Live of our Cosmic Conference, our third edition all about redesigning the employee experience. This morning, we had the most amazing experience. We had our first in-person event. We had a room full of people. It was absolutely beautiful to see so many faces that joined us today, people we've met during the pandemic but never saw in person, finally in a room together. It was absolutely humbling to see the size of our community. We are incredibly grateful to each and every single one of you who joined us today. Um, in the morning session, we had three sessions. The first was a keynote that I delivered and that I'll be rebroadcasting for you here today or actually redoing live. Um, we also had a session with Aymad Lahad from APCO, as well as Tariq Ahad and Ramia from Zenshin, and those you'll be able to rewatch next week. Before I jump into my keynote, I just want to draw your attention um, to where you can find the program for the conference. So you can go to cosmiccentersconference.com, or you can go to cosmiccentres.com and go to the conference page, and there you'll be able to go and see which sessions we have planned for you. We have sessions planned almost every day for the next three weeks, starting on Monday, all the way to October 21st. Go there, sign up for the ones that you like. I know that it's a little bit confusing that we're doing a three-week conference, but hey, we thought we'd experiment this year. And that's the way to make sure that you don't miss any of the sessions that you're looking forward to. The team will be adding those links in the comments as well. So please go ahead and, and find the sessions that you're interested in. As always, Um, feel free to add questions or feedback or thoughts as I'm running through my keynote. I'll be happy to pick them up, but also it'll make me feel like I'm not alone. Um, and please do follow us on our social channels, go to our website and subscribe to our newsletter in order to make sure that you don't miss out on any of our content. And without further ado, let me jump into my keynote. Um, let's see, here we go. Uh, I think it's this one. Excellent. So let me just uh, go ahead and go to my screen. As always, something has to go wrong. If it doesn't, is it even alive? Let me start over and share the appropriate screen for you. Um, here we go. There we are. So I'm going to maximize this, hoping everybody can see what I want you to see. Um, and then here we go. Et voilà. Um, so today's keynote is titled as our Cosmic Conference. Um, and the reason for that is that I just really wanted to deliver some overarching ideas to help you understand why we picked this theme, why this theme is important, and how we hope to navigate it together. The story, you know, how all of this starts for me is actually my mother. I grew up in a single parent household. My mom had two jobs. Um, she worked day and night. Um, and you would think that the fact that she had all of this time away from her children would be something that she resented. But actually, my mother absolutely loved work. And what I saw through you know, experiencing work life with her is that I actually saw someone who not only had their own discipline and put in the hours, but also who created an environment for the people around her to thrive. And because of watching her as I was growing up, create that environment for people, I grew up with this notion that 
work really should be a happy place. Um, and it's also why I started Cosmic Centaurs. But what's important to note, you know, as I, as I explore this topic of employee experience and as I coach other leaders and work with organizations with my team on how to rethink employee experiences, what matters is that designing great employee experiences, engaging people, it's not just some hippie fluffy thing that, you know, we all should care about. Um, I'm really here to say that employee experience and employee engagement are not about romanticized versions of leadership, but actually they're about managing the performance of the organization. So let me start you off here with a framework that I really love. Um, this framework is called a value stick, very simplified version of what every company strategy kind of looks like. Let me explain it to you over here. So at the very top is what is called the willingness to pay. That's the value to the customer. The easy way to understand that concept is to say, if I asked you how much you'd be willing to pay for a great pair of sneakers or for the next iPhone, there's a number that automatically appears in your head. That number may or may not be what it ends up costing to buy it, but it's the number you're willing to put towards that product. That's your willingness to pay. And then at the bottom over here is cost. Right. And so that's how much a company is paying to produce. It's also sometimes called willingness to sell of the employees or the suppliers. That means the minimum amount that employees are willing to take in order to work for you or the minimum amount that suppliers will charge you for something. And then there's the price that you're selling it for. And so really what that means is that the difference between the price and the willingness to sell that little green bar, this is the company's profit. And every manager of every organization is constantly trying to increase the size of this bar, either by increasing the value of the product. You know, if you think of Apple, for example, we all joke that they sell, you know, subpar hardware, but at a much higher rate. I'm a full Apple fangirl myself. I'll pay a lot more for an Apple device than the equivalent Android phone. Uh, don't hate on me in the comments. Um, the reason for that is they've really created a very high willingness to pay. And then in terms of costs, that's where trying to, you know, reduce costs, trying to hire people at the right price, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of what you're constantly trying to do as a manager. It is your job to optimize for this, right? It's your job to manage the PNL of an organization. Now, why am I talking about all of this? Because the point that I like to make, and I'll make it over and over again today, is that actually designing engaging employee experiences is not just the right thing to do as a human. It's also the right thing to do for your business. Because on either side of this value stick, there are two groups of people that are always there. That's your customers, and your employees. And while a lot of companies tend to focus on the blue side of this, on the customer side, then to iterate, focus on customer service, try to design great experiences, a lot of companies just forget about the employee side of this. And thankfully, the pandemic has forced us to rethink this and to come at it from a place of actually wanting to design great experiences for our employees. And that's, um, I guess, the blessing of this um, of this moment is that we've been given a chance to truly rethink things. And the reason why those things are equally important is that one influences the others. In fact, companies with engaged employees have 89% higher customer satisfaction. So again, it's not just the right thing to do for your employees, it's the right thing to do for your business. And when people ask me for more proof points, honestly, the internet is full of this. Here's a few. 
$350 billion was the cost of employee disengagement to the overall U.S. economy pre-pandemic. 85% of adults worldwide said they were not engaged or they were actively disengaged from their jobs. And that meant that there was an increase in error, an increase in people leaving, um, an increase in essentially opportunity cost of employees not inventing the next thing or not finding the right product or not serving customers in the right way. On the other end of this, a highly engaged workforce will give you engaged employees that are one and a half times more productive than satisfied employees, inspired employees who feel connected to the mission and purpose and values of their organization that are 2.25 times more productive than satisfied employees, and overall an engaged team that can deliver 21% greater profitability compared to teams that are not. I mean, as a manager, if you can come tomorrow and say, I've increased my profitability by 20%, I think you've won the game. And that's really the point that I want to make today. Here's an example from Gap. Um, so, you know, when you think about your business in holistic ways, where you're not just focused on your customers, but also on your employees, everybody wins. This was a scenario where Gap found out that their employees were a bit disgruntled, those that worked in the stores, because their schedule was never the same from one week to the next. You can imagine how hard it is to plan a life when you don't know what time you'll be working next week, how hard it is to even just see a doctor or go to a parent-teacher meeting or even just, you know, organize things around your hobbies if that's what you want. And so Gap created, um, tried to create a more stable shift uh, system for their employees, but they also created this app that allowed employees to trade shifts amongst each other. That's it. Just simple as that. Just give them a way to say, I don't want to come on Tuesday. Well, I want to take my shift and I'll take some other shift. And the consequence wasn't just that employees were happier. It was also that labor productivity went up by about 7%. And in 10 months, in the stores that had participated in this trial, they were able to increase sales by $3 million. Now, that's real money going back into the business just because Gap took the time to listen to its employees and to give them a solution that worked for them. And that's really the point that I'm trying to make today. The equation that we've created um, for this uh, conference is EX times CX equals HX. And what do we mean by that? EX is the employee experience, of course. CX is the customer experience. And HX is the overall human experience. And the reason why this equation is as it is, is because what we're trying to say is that if one of them is less than one, if EX is less than one, it doesn't matter how amazing your CX is. It, the overall value of the human experience that you're creating is going to be reduced. And again, that doesn't just mean that people will be less happy. It also means that overall your company will perform less. Um, and here's proof, more proof for you. As employee engagement scores go up, you know what else goes up? Customer satisfaction scores. So I really want to nail home the argument that as a manager, taking care of your employees is equally important to your business as taking care of your customers. Now, a lot of people will then say, all right, great. I get it, Marilyn. It's important. What can I do? How do I start with this? Also, because employee experience means a lot of things to a lot of people. You know, um, if you pick 10 people in a room and say, what is employee experience to you? They might list different items. And so we created this framework that we call the omnichannel organization 
it's taken from retail and we did so on purpose, right? I come from a background of marketing. A lot of the team members on my team also come from marketing or PR. And what we said is, you know, so many companies spent so much time and so much effort and funds on creating great omni-channel experiences for their customers. You know, those of you who work in retail or in e-commerce, you know all of this. Um, you look at every aspect of the touchpoint of the brand, whether it's digital or physical. You look at your packaging, your stores, your e-commerce, your customer service, and you try to make sure that no matter where your customer is engaging with you, you are providing them with a brilliant experience, right? That's what omni-channel organization, sorry, omni-channel experiences do for customers. And so our argument from day one has been to say, well, we are now faced finally with a blank slate where we can build omni-channel organizations for our employees. And it's pretty much the same process. You go through all of your touch points and you try to see how you can improve them, how you can make them delightful, how you can create beautiful experiences for your employees. And whether that's the physical sphere, and that means you know your physical environment, yes, the office, but also very few companies have really gone out there and developed a clear approach to how they support their employees at home or in their third spaces. Um, so anything that's a physical space, the social sphere, you know, we don't always think of companies as communities, but they really are. They impact the community, people who work for them, communities where they implant themselves and how we interact with each other is an essential part of our experience. And then what is most commonly also looked at, which is the work sphere itself, which is interact with our job and our tasks and the tools that we use. A lot of the time, employee experience is limited to culture and purpose and values. And while those things are incredibly, incredibly important, they're not the only thing. But we also interact with, and in fact, what we spend most of our time interacting with is the work itself. And so here we've done, you know, a small visualization of different touch points that mirror, you know, be part of each of these spheres. It's not necessarily like completely exhaustive, but it's pretty comprehensive. And so the idea is that if you are someone who is looking to build a good strategy around your employee experience, looking to optimize and enhance, while the idea is you start by ensuring that the way you're looking at this and your vision of your employee strategy is in line with your business strategy. And then you try to ensure that all of these touch points are essentially aligned and working together. You try to improve or rethink the role of the office, but at the same time, make sure that the culture um, is in the right place and expressed and that everybody's aligned around it, but also that your processes enable people to work from anywhere. And it's really important that all of these things are working in tandem with each other. The metaphor that we like to use here is um, it's similar to upgrading a telecommunication network, which is you can't upgrade one antenna. You can't say, oh, I just installed this piece of software. It's going to fix everything. No, your processes have to change. Your culture has to change. The way your managers lead in distributed settings have to change. The rituals that you uh, create for your company, the way you document things, but also the role of your office, all of these things have to come hand in hand. And as more and more organizations are looking to build more flexible work environments, this is essentially the homework that everybody uh, needs to do. Go and re-examine every single one of your touch points and try to think about how you can make them more aligned to your, to your overall objectives and to what you're trying to deliver as an organization. Um, 
And, you know, I know this may sound a little bit overwhelming, uh, so many things to look at and improve and iterate on. But the idea here that I also want to, to leave you with is that, in fact, you already have all of the tools that you need in order to do this right. Because if you've done decent work on the CX side, all of the tools that we use to understand our customers, design great experiences for them, to iterate on our product, are tools that we can reuse for our employee experience. And I think, um, you know, the idea there is let's stop thinking that all of our employees want the same thing. You know, we don't have a single product for our customers, and yet we have single policies. We call them one-size-fits-none policies for our employees. So I would say the easiest tool set to just take over from the CX side and implant back into EX is really all of the tools that design thinking teaches us from how we observe our target audience to having compassion and empathy towards them to understanding that different employee groups want different things and creating flexibility, be that in, yes, work location, but also the way that jobs are formulated how your career progresses, the kind of upskilling that you want, the kind of space that you want to be working with uh, in, sorry, and the kind of projects you want to be attached to. I think if you understand your diverse employees and you create different paths and flexibility within your policies for each of them to find their space, that's really when you start to win. And that's really when you start to design a great employee experience. You know, um, next week we'll be rebroadcasting the case study that we did with uh, Imad Lahad from APCO. And one of the beautiful things is that while there's abundant data globally that shows that, for example, you know, most youth want to work from home, that, you know, certain jobs, like, for example, support roles really don't need to be at the office. And if you look at the data coming out of the U.S., you'll see like 90% of employees want some form of work from home solutions, etc., when you listen to your employees internally, sometimes what you find will surprise you. For example, one of the things that we found um, by actually doing the, the exercise um, in this part of the world, in Dubai, is that just by way of an example, you'll hear more about it next week, um, people who live in multi-generational homes actually do not want to work from home. They want to be able to come to the office. So it's really very important that you listen to your particular group of employees, even though the global data is also interesting and, you know, indicative. Um, but taking the time to do this in order to create flexible solutions for your employees is incredibly important. And once more, all of the tools that you need are already within reach. You just have to repurpose them from listening to customers to listening to employees. And I know that, uh, you know, I'll maybe go and check out some of your comments, but I know that this may seem like a lot, but the truth is that the way to approach this is really to do one small thing every day. Um, I remember that um, at the end of our first year here at Cosmic Centaurs, we, we put all of our tasks on Trello. And so we went and looked at um, how many tasks we'd accomplished over one year. And it was funny because it was almost exactly 365 tasks. And I think that 
although it's important to have an overarching vision of where you want to go, if every day you come in and you say, I want to fix one thing, I want to improve my onboarding with one thing, I want to have one better ritual every week, I want to have, um, you know, a think around better upskilling experiences, uh, better social events for our teams to connect to each other, really whatever it is. I think if every day you walk in and you try to improve one thing, at the end of a year, you will incrementally have done so much. So don't let this overwhelm you. I hear so many leaders say, yeah, but it's so much like, oh, I don't have the time for this. We as a company don't have the resources. Um, you know, we keep putting this off. But actually, I think uh, done is better than perfect. And we always say here um, at Cosmic Centers that progress over perfection. And so if you really just with intent, come in every day and try to improve something in your employee experience, you will find the way. Um, it's really about incremental uh, value add. Um, and, and that's really the message that I want to leave everybody with. Um, be intentional. You know, as a leader, I know as a manager, you're looking at your financial and operational KPIs every day. You're checking your P&Ls. You're making sure your customers are happy. You're ensuring there's money in the bank to pay the salaries. Um, do the same thing. Just wake up every day and say, what is the one thing that I can do today that's going to improve the employee experience for my teams? Um And of course, um, we have a lot in store for you in terms of helping you navigate through these touch points and, you know, how to learn through how you can uh, think through each of them. We're going to be talking about upskilling, office design, purpose, values and cultures, designing amazing offsites, designing incredible remote work experiences, thinking through the employee journey and how you can, you know, put in important moments that really shape the story of the employee experience. We're going to talk about wellness. We're going to talk about human connection. Um, we're going to talk about so many, so many different things. And so what you're seeing up here on the screen is, um, you know, some of the LinkedIn live sessions, there'll probably be a couple more that we add as we go. Um, please do join us for the remainder of the conference running, as I said, between today and October 21st. Um, You can scan this QR code, but we'll also leave the link uh, to the conference website for you there. I know you can go and kind of pick which one you want to watch and make sure you have a reminder to come in uh, and watch it. Um, and with that, that, that's the keynote for today. I really hope that I'll be seeing uh, some of you join us on future uh, LinkedIn Live events starting next week. I see there's a few of you here in the I'm super, super grateful that you came and so grateful again for everybody who joined us um, this morning uh, in person in Dubai. It was absolutely overwhelming and we're still, you know, the energy is still within us. So thanks again and see you next week.